Good morning. It's Sunday, the 30th of July, and you are listening to the big kickoff. This morning. Do tell why. Oh, well, we played the uh, charity game yesterday up in Lucan United, and uh, it's not only that, I played Torsten United as well. And there we go. And, 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 the, and the recovery is just not the same <laughs> as it was 20 years ago, but yes, in pain. How are you? How was your weekend? Ah, not a bother. Yeah, no, good so far. I was in Guinness's yesterday during the day. Oh. Yeah. Right. Absolutely overloaded with the old tours, but uh, what a money making. Uh, did you do the tour? Oh, yeah, I did the whole tour, yeah. Oh, how come? Uh, swimming's finished now on a Saturday, so uh, I said, right, come on, let's do some touristy <laughs> Dublin stuff for the next few weeks, and uh, I strategically placed in the Guinness Star House and said, do you want to see how Guinness is made, and there's hey. a big tower, oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but uh, no, great crack, three or four hours in there, and uh, it's a cracking tour. I don't think I've been on that tour for, no, I haven't been on that tour, no, I was on it years do and it. years ago before. Do it, it's superb, like, it's all, it's all on your own, it's all automated, uh, you follow these kind of men on screens and they'll tell you how it's all made if you want, and there's some great views, and then of course when you get up to the gravity bar you just see the whole of Dublin and yeah. beyond, and you have your free point and you can go and have some food and grow up, there's loads of stuff, it's actually really, really good now, and it's, I've been there about two or three years ago and it's changed again, <clears throat> obviously for the better, right. um, it's brilliant, really, really good, well worth it. Right, Guinness, send on the check. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All very good. Uh, the yeah. show today, what have we got on for the show? Uh, show today, uh, obviously, we're in the summer now, and it's the big transfer merry-go-round, and I don't want to talk about it. Will he, won't he? It's all born, and we, like, uh, uh, what's his name, Perisic, for the fifth week running, is going to go to United, so I'm not interested in that. So we're going to go and have a look at some of the weird and wonderful transfers that have happened in this beautiful game of football over the last... Uh, God knows how many years, and obviously then uh, we have our Lucan's own professional boxer, John Joyce, joining us at nine o'clock. We do, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, have a good conversation with him about yeah. his uh, not yeah. only his uh, how we got on his last fight, but yeah. uh, how we got into it and, and a bit of the future as well. Yeah. Big fight coming up in September. Okay, the traditional Irish starter. Who have we got? We got Picture House here with Sunburst. Welcome back to the big kickoff on 96.4 FM. If you want to contact us today, uh, our text number is 087-062-7138. Again, have a look at our uh, the Liffey Sound website or it is on our Facebook page, uh, the big kickoff. If you like the show, like us on Facebook. Uh, and we're also uh, listening in on TuneIn Radio and Mixcloud is Worldwide. our podcast. <laughs> yeah, <we're> <laughs> and Mixcloud, uh, the podcast is up in Mixcloud, so have a listen back to uh, a few of the interviews. There have been some good ones. Dave, Sporting Stories. 
Uh, sporting stories, I suppose. Uh, I don't. We don't know too much details because uh, I'm going to be honest. I was in bed, but uh, I got up a bit early today, so we might as well quickly go through. Katie Taylor got a fairly easy third round stoppage win last night. Now she only found out her opponent midweek uh, last week, but that wasn't necessarily the girl's fault. Who she was, uh, they apparently put twenty. To, they had about twenty uh, opponents, and they all kept backing out. They don't want to fight her. Um, and this girl's never been stopped, so she stopped her in the third round. So it's impressive in that sense. And by all accounts, the Americans seem to be quite impressed with Katie Taylor. Um, yeah, that's the most impressive part. That, yeah, that she hadn't been stopped. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was half her record's not great, but yeah. never stopped. So, uh, from what I, again, I didn't see the fight. Uh, no. from, from what I read mm. about it, uh, it was comprehensive and yeah, she, and impressive. It wasn't impressive. kind of a labour. She was, she was, she was, she knew, she knew where she was, and she turned it on. Like yeah. she knew she was on the big stage, yeah. and she went yeah. for it. Like you know, yeah. uh, they're still talking about her being on the Mayweather and, and McGregor thing. Yeah, so I, 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 you know, what? I, I, I can see that happening. Exactly, it and I sense. think uh, he uh, Mayweather himself has a British girl on the undercard anyway. So there's no reason why they can't do maybe an Irish counterpart for herself or for Katie Taylor. Yeah, and if Mayweather backs out, uh, Nicola Adams. Oh yeah, she said she'd take him on. She said she'd only take only him uh, on. in the boxing ring now. She says, "Oh no problem." She she fancies herself to be Conor McGregor. Oh, well, that, well, that's if, if you don't have a bit of positivity yeah. like, like Conor McGregor does, then you yeah. don't have a chance, do you? Exactly. Um, did you see the Chinese Super League was hit by a financial scandal? <laughs> Here we go. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chinese Super League has been plunged into uncertainty due to financial issues. 13 of its money-laden teams have not been paying their players correctly. Oh. Those under scrutiny have until August 15 to settle their arrears with players. And uh, the league leaders last year, mm. uh, Carlos Tevez's Tevez oh, team, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're part of the 13 teams. And you have to ask a question at the start. These teams are spending huge amount of money and we just took it for granted that these could well afford it. it's China it's a big economy Yeah, but it's starting to look if there's 13 teams who can't afford it is yeah. this going to go belly up and is the likes of Oscar and, and so on going to come back with well, I wouldn't say their tails between the legs because they're going to have a few quid in their pocket yeah they but, won't care no but yeah, like, the, 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 the wages are crazy and you know it they're crazy it's, it reminds you a little bit of the North American Soccer League back in the late 70s when they start bringing over your Pele's and Christ and they would have been paying all these crazy wages. But I'm just surprised how open the news is coming out from kind of like a communist state. You think they'd keep it quite quiet and cloak and dagger and then at the very end, oh yeah, we're gone bust. And there's been no build-up. I think it was actually the league yeah. who said it. Which they, is they surprising. Said, if you don't sort out your financial thing, but obviously by August 15th, uh, we can't reinstate you. I'm sure they're in, installing uh, super taxes and all in clubs now and everything like, uh, and they're trying to cap certain things because it is getting to that point where even they know this is going to implode. But that has, the, the transfer, and we'll be talking about transfers later on, but the transfer situation in Europe uh, has been blown out of proportion because of the way China has yeah, yeah. thrown money left, right and centre. And it cannot be sustained in Europe no. either, can it? Of course it doesn't make It doesn't make sense to, for someone to be getting a half a million a week. It's just 50 million is a normal transfer now and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Madness. Ridiculous. Madness. You know? Um, um, go on, you shoot. Franton Gutierrez, the fight that never was. Uh, uh, this is slight joke about it, wasn't there? Ah, uh, like as we just said off air there, the, 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 like, the McGuigan promotions, Cyclone promotions, I think is the official name. Like Franton is their cash cow. They have a bit of a stable and the whole lot, but they're, none of them are on the world, world stage and to not have the show go ahead, um, Frampton misses it by a pound and the sheer look of 
Would it be disgust or just shock? Or McGuigan was more than unhappy. I, I think it was disgust. Yeah, he, he was on the scales. He was looking at the scales. Uh, Frampton stood on it. You could see Frampton's eyes opening up. Yeah, and McGuigan turned and didn't even look at him. Yeah, didn't even look at him. Yeah. Turned and walked away. It was not a words. Yeah, little. Yeah, but the fight could still go ahead. But if he had a one, he wasn't able to go and take on Russell Jr. Uh, for a title shot. But yeah. if the other guy had a one, he still could have done it because he obviously made way. But then he decided to fall out of the shower later on that day and bur- break two teeth and whatever else. And of course, everyone thinks then straight away, all right, this is this is just a setup. Yeah, but would it be a setup if your man could if he could go on? He and could still do it. He could still do it. So yeah. maybe maybe it was just yeah. maybe it's a little bit of luck. Uh, yeah, but because uh, apparently they're rescheduled it so. It looks like that fight's still going to go ahead as an eliminator. Did you see um, Liverpool target Naby Keita <laughs> in the training ground? This seems to be the tactic this year of making moves happen, right? Who, who am I going to pick? Yeah, he's getting it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Some tackle. I've I seen <clears throat> the two clips. I've seen the clip of him getting fouled first. Yes. And I'm not sure the lad's name did go through the, the back of him. Yeah. And... He, he looked like he had a, a, the Roy Keane head. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't care, I'm not taking this. Yeah, yeah. He probably got the kick because he, he, he was having a little sulk or whatever yeah, around the yeah, training yeah. ground. But he fairly, he fairly caught him then yeah, uh, no, when he, he got sure the moment, didn't yeah. he? And then uh, you see all the lads standing around and then it's in the lashings of rain up in the Alps and I think somebody went, here, screw this, come on, let's go in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then your man's just still there, God love him, just lifeless on the on the pitch. And of course, then Neymar has a similar situation. Yeah, then, that uh, looked at And then apparently uh, one of the boys was telling me they had a nigga look a couple of weeks ago, pre-season. These oh. two. So there's a little bit of history. So it's not as orchestrated, so to speak, as you might think. Um, apparently a, a week or two ago, pre-season, they had a bit of a niggle. And then it looked like it was one of them where they're pushing and shoving. Like they're kind of really fighting for the ball. And for some reason, Neymar just stood up and pushed them back as if to say, here, cop onto yourself. So maybe this is one, maybe he's that type of player. He's a bit of a in-your-face kind of player training and then Neymar wasn't in the humour. I would say, just from playing football on a, on yeah. a lower level, this happens all the time. Of course it does, exactly. But there's cameras here. That's the there's cameras that's and it makes a sensational break in news. Yeah. Trying to push a move. Although you know. back in the day in the 90s when the camera caught Hartson and Berkovich, that's still the greatest. Yeah, dirty scumbag. Unbelievable. Huh? On his knees and boom, have some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Stunned them. That was, Hartson kicked them, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It was a kind of a, one of them typical scuffles, look, fighting for the ball or whatever and I think he, oh, he fouled Berkovic and yeah. he kind of slapped him on the leg to heart and, and he like, up onto yourself. And, he kicked and he's on his knees yeah. and he just follies him in the mush. Yeah. Scummer. <laughs> um, you, your football manager. Oh, yeah. A lad plays football manager for 1,000 years. As in, not Can you do that? Not in the, yeah. Just, just keep the, going until... Just, just keep going. 3,027. <clears throat> says, when it comes to football manager, blood, sweat and tears can be shed over truly magnificent uh, <laughs> save. Back in November, a new world record was set for the longest game of football manager ever. Mr. Darren Bland was awarded a place in the Guinness Book of World Records 2017 Gamers Edition after he played a single game for 154 <laughs> seasons. But, of course, that was outdone. And... Obviously, this fella's name is Lorf Yimzo. Yeah. And he decided to play for a thousand years on Football Manager 2015. Liverpool are bound to have won the league at least once in a thousand years. Crystal Palace won 15 titles in 26 years. So Was he Palace or no, Palace just... They, they won it for 15. I don't think he won it. So Liverpool didn't again. Typical. <clears throat> Liverpool are still yet to win... You're just making that up now, I know, yeah. The, cha- <laughs> the league, Champions League, League Cup or any sort of relative competition... <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Accrington Stanley won the Champions League. <laughs> no, no <worries>. right. <laughs> <laughs> it actually said the most consistent club uh, was Burnley uh, with 982 Premier League seasons. No way. Yeah. Uh, the high, uh, worst FA Cup record, Cardiff beaten 12 0, best Premier League season. Sheffield United even won it with 101 points. No mention of Liverpool whatsoever. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, stupid story. Uh, <laughs> the 20 to, to the 140 race in Yarmouth on Thursday, were you watching it? No. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, 50 to 1 shot, Mandarin Princess romped home, uh, only to be found out a couple of hours later it wasn't. Mandarin Princess. It was a stable mate horse. No way. Uh, the trainer was in a bit of a panic and saddled the wrong horse. He was due to go out a couple of races later. And uh, poor old people were going mad. 50 to 1, null and void. And no doubt somebody would have put a couple of quid on it. And uh, yeah, the um, the other horse's name was Millie's Kiss. So as he said, he was just in a bit of a rush, in a bit of a panic. He's usually a bit more better organised and he just saddled the wrong horse. And it has been deemed to be an honest mistake and a genuine mistake. But unfortunately for the punters... It's tough nuggies. You don't get your money because it's, it's it's how how quickly after the race did they? It was quite that? quick. Oh, I was think it? it was somebody else, and they kind of copped on, going, "That's Mandarin." Was it Mandarin's? That's Mandarin's prince. That's there. Oh. Kind of the because ne- I think it was the next race or uh, two races later. It should have been Millie's kiss, and I think somebody copped on. That's oh. not Millie. So yeah, thirty. <laughs> somebody on their last fiver. Ah, screw it. I'll stick it on this fifty to one, and do you think I'm back? I'm back. I wonder at what stage. Did he figure out himself? Oh crap! I'm How do I put this out there? <laughs> will I stay? Will, yeah. I, will I say anything? Just uh, imagine uh, everyone looks and he's the only one not celebrating. What's wrong with you? I just want to fix it. Yeah, about that. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, again, because we're talking transfers later in, in, in the feature, and mm-hmm. not too long. That's a, uh, <clears throat> just that, uh, just before half uh, half eight. I was reading an article, and I thought it was a very good article, uh, how Celtic's transfer policy is the backbone of their success. Yeah. Uh, with six straight premierships uh, in Scotland, Celtic's dominance uh, is underlined by a 2016-17 campaign which saw them undefeated outside the European competition. Mm-hmm. The argument is obviously made that their lofty position was aided by the decline of their traditional rivals, Rangers. Others yeah. have suggested that their financial advantage has enabled them to cherry-pick uh, the finest ta- talent from Scotland, reinforcing their status. But they've gone into detail in, in the article uh, uh, about uh, actually how many players they've bought and, and, and what have you. The reason why I'm discussing this is because we're talking about the Chinese thing, we're talking about the, the European prices and all. Uh, in the past six years, Celtic have signed just five players from the other domestic sides. Uh, Stuart Armstrong, Gary McCoy, Stephen, uh, is a man, Sheffy, 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 Nader, whatever his name is. Uh, Scott Allen, Ryan, Your brother's going mad yeah, if he's, he's listening to this. Mad, yeah. Scott Allen and Ryan Christie uh, from Inverness then last Not year. Not well. But they, they're the only five that have been bought. They have actually made a total in the last six years of twenty one point two three million profit yeah. from their sales. And when you think about like And they're probably gonna make about twenty or twenty five if they let go of Dembele. When they let go of Dembele. I mean they bought Dembele in for five hundred thousand. Unreal. That is uh, one of the best transfers in the last five years. I can't remember how for much money that they're gonna make and actually getting and actually get back. And actually getting performances on the pitch off them as well. I can't remember how much money they bought Moose not um centre midfielder Wanyama. 
it was something how similar. much they pay oh, I was less than a million and yeah, sold and him for 15, 15 or something or and he's a quality player and he's a quality player absolutely yeah. quality player but uh, after two year spell they had uh, Fraser Forrester remember yeah, he joined yeah. from Newcastle uh, his fee was uh, over 2 million and, yeah. and again they uh, they sold him for 10 yeah so they have Van a Dijk Van Dijk yeah yeah so they have a knack of getting these players. It goes to show you they're out there. They're out there if you look. Like Benteke, you feel it. These type of players are out there. Yeah. So it's, if you're just clever. I think it's it's a problem with the Premiership teams, especially the top Premiership teams, that everything is going to be over. But if you're a Championship, mm -hmm. you don't have an excuse. But it's not only that, though. The Premier League boys, they have to be seen to be buying from a big club. Like, getting a nobody from Dutch Football League. Fans aren't happy. He has to be from Barcelona, even if he's from their fifth team. Yeah. Like they have to be from these teams, and that's the pressure, unfortunately. Like even Liverpool signing Keita, and not, well, well, not anymore. People are probably thinking, "Who's Leipzig? This is rubbish," and blah blah blah. It's they have to be going after Aubameyangs instead of Keitas. They have to be, and it's ridiculous. And Leicester got Marquez for a little or nothing. Then exactly, they're, they're out there, they and there's so many of them. And it has to be. Look, if you look in in, in Ireland, or, or, or I don't know what the hell's going on up in Scotland, they, yeah. they can't get players together. But if you look at, at Ireland, Ireland have. Uh, they must have a, a rich of players. Uh, Sean Maguire. Yeah. Did you see his goal during the week? So far, so good. Got a lovely penalty. Well, got a lovely penalty yesterday from another good run that he was taking down. That's right. And Horan fighting up. Horan got a lovely goal. goal. But Maguire's first Super goal, finish. unbelievable. And they were calling him the, the Irish Messi. You know? <laughs> and I, I, went, I went on the, the, the Preston North End fan discussion yeah. page and they're raving about yeah. him. He says not only about the goal, but his touches were brilliant. Yeah. But these are all players that are trickling through, which is good to see in the League of Ireland. Mm -hmm. But then obviously you go back with the Seamus Coleman. But yeah, if you look yeah. at the Irish team, there's quite a lot now of people coming through the League of Ireland. Yeah. But them gems are there. How much did Preston pay for four, about four players? Not less than a million, I'd say. Le less, less than, less than half, half a million, maybe. Million. Who knows? You know? So yeah. it's, it's, uh, I, I don't I think you got, did they get Horgan? On a free transfer? And no, there would have been some kind of a fee, but they, 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 they don't actually come out too much, but yeah, right. Yeah, what what it is? So it's a, so, so it is out there, and I think Celtic uh, are definitely leading the way. Maybe because they have to. But yeah, they're definitely they're living the within their means, but they can afford to because of the the league that it is. John Hesp, sixty four year old, semi retired caravan home salesman. Do you know about him? No, right. Uh, John Hesp, a bit of a poker fan. Um, his highest buy in ever is a tenner. He's from the UK. But on his bucket list, he wanted to go to Vegas and take part in the World Series of Poker, which is basically like the World Championships of Poker. And anyone could do it as long as they put in their $10,000 buy-in. And this year, 7,221 players went in. And he's made it to the final table of nine. No way. Where the minimum he's going to win is $1 million. And he's only ever put... His highest ever buy-in before tenor. this was a tenner, and no this was a bucket list thing. That's all it was. It was a trip. Let's go for the crack. $10,000 in, and now he's going to walk away with at least a million and possibly the winning prize of $8 million and the glorious, big, huge, typical American chunky uh, championship ring. Brilliant. They love the, the championship ring. Ah, uh, they love it. I was in the Guinness Star House and I seen a few similar style ones yesterday. Like, ah, oh, geez, they were everywhere. Were they? Yeah, spring break. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, when's he played that today? Uh, it could have even been last night at this stage because I've I seen that story. Actually, I've seen it yesterday morning. So, I'd say it could have been even last night into this morning. I, I might be able to give you an update after uh, the break. After the ads. <laughs> Broadcasting to Lucan. This is Liffey Sound. 96.4 FM.
welcome back here to the big kickoff here in Liffey Sounds 96.4. Listen, in breaking news, we and, and, and with the power of Google, we, we checked it out. And good old John Hess, 64-year-old, retired, uh, semi-retired uh, caravan salesman, came forth with a lovely whopping $2.6 million. That's nice for Fort, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Oh. And as he said in one of his interviews, I am to poker what Donald Trump means to politics, an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> So fair play to him. And the winner came out with $8.15 million. 24-year-old Scott Bloomstein, Bloomstein, whatever he is. And it says their previous earnings, zero. Zero. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm looking at... Yeah. Any big ones there? There's One or two. One. That, that, that third place. Benjamin Pollock seems to have a few bits and pieces. But, but nothing, uh, nothing really. So Big money. So we have to go and play poker now. And make That's it. So yeah, there you go. So weird and wonderful transfers. Of which there's been so there's so many over the years because as I said like this merry-go-round it actually does be frustrating especially when you're waiting on a player like as a Liverpool fan this year it is a bit frustrating it's like I oh, just please sign somebody. Well, we here. just had the the, the the Daily Star paper there yeah. the back and and the, the headline is uh, Jose to get his man uh, Perisic deal after nearly fifth, done after the week. fifth week yeah, yeah. so. There's obviously the paper's writing an awful lot of nonsense yeah. and frustrating and plus information could be fed in and it's all tactical plays by agents and stuff and these rumours and it could be trying to lure in another club and I think Liverpool tried to do that with that guy Keita and said right here's 70 million or whatever take it or leave it because they know next year you can cost only 48 yeah. and of course they said no well we've loads of money tough so we went to look at a few <laughs> of the, 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 the weird strange some phenomenal ones uh, have you got your first one up there or do you want to uh, you can shoot, you can shoot. Well, just a quick one, because I can see here. Remember Bebe? Oh, for Manchester United. Yeah, yes. like, it, 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 there's a great little piece here, and it says a lot of things were said about Bebe that weren't actually true, because his arrival came out of nowhere. And as Ferguson, as Ferguson said himself, it's the one and only player he literally knew nothing about, and he signed him for no other reason than allegedly your Juve's and all the big boys were going to sign him as well. So he said, just go and do it, seven million quid. And then... It all starts coming out that there was a room where he played in the Homeless World Cup, which he didn't, and all that kind of crack, and uh, done next to nothing. Um, he, but he's he, now he, playing his trade in the Liga. No, it, it, it does talk about that he, it's not as if he disappeared off the face of the earth. He did He did go on and play yeah. football with... And he's banged in a few goals. Like in, he, he's, in a, he's a yeah. half-decent professional, but it, it just goes to show you the panic sometimes, even in the top managers. He's going where? I don't know about... He's only 7 million, boss. Oh, go on, go. Yeah, quick, in case... What's 7 million? In case someone else And then you get him, you're like, Jesus. Yeah. Because we all know a few of them. What was it? Was it George Way's cousin? Was Southampton? Oh, Southampton, yeah. He signed on the Thursday. Didn't train because, obviously, the whole lateness. And soon as as put him into the team, or put him into the squad, sent him on, and within about 10 or 12 minutes, whipped him off and went, yeah, this guy's a joke. I I remember them talking about it on Soccer Saturday. Yeah. And they were talking, and, and, and George Way is... What was it? Cousin. Is cousin. His cousin. And he, I don't even think he was in the end. I was think he not? just came across that he was, yeah. No way, but he just had the same name. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, something like that, anyway. <laughs> and they, they they went for it. Okay, so one, one of the other ones was uh, Julian Faubert. Oh, yeah. West Ham uh, From West Ham to Real Madrid. Uh, I think we'll play the clip first. Uh, Paul Merson on Yeah, it was, it was breaking news on Soccer Saturday, and Jeff Stelling put it out there. Um... And uh, here's uh, here's uh, the reaction of the boys, but uh, obviously Merson's is probably pretty much what the whole country were thinking. Julian Faubert has just joined Real Madrid. This is not April Fool's Day on loan from West Ham. Absolutely amazing, really, isn't it? Amazing. He <laughs> <laughs> must feel gutted to drop down. Who's his agent? <laughs> <laughs> Martin. His agent should be knighted by the Queen. <laughs> 
So, Volver from West Ham uh, to Real Madrid. And I, I'm not too sure how he actually got I don't think he played too many games, did he? I think he played a few games now, but I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even remember he, him, he, to he be honest. So, if he did, he, it was obviously nothing uh, fairly significant, to be honest. Because uh, I certainly don't remember. It says, uh, Real Madrid... Amid two appearances for the Galacticos, the Frenchman repaid his representative by appearing to fall asleep on the subs bench and missing training by mistake. Oh, my God. So he went on to great things as a Galactico. Uh, another great transfer, obviously, was Tevez and Mascherano. Remember, they were, he was owned by this MSI party. Like, they weren't even yes. owned by, I think the, it was Corinthians. The third party yeah. situation. And they still have a couple of them, but when they're supposed to outlaw them or something. Yeah, there is, apparently there is no such thing as third party. But uh, they went for... Then it cost them five and a half million in fines in the end, West Ham. And it was no other reason than they relegated Sheffield United because of them. Oh, and Neil Warnock just wouldn't let it go. And they and actually haven't come back up since, have they? I don't no. think they have. Now, I'm not saying like if it's against the rules, it's against the rules, but I don't think it was one that was ever really questioned upon. But, of course, Neil Warnock found a chance and went for it. And at least they got compensated in the end. But, uh, yeah, they, the two boys ended up at Liverpool and United in the end. But I'll, I'll always remember the two boys just holding up the holding up the jerseys kind of standing there as if they were literally thrown off the plane there you go where are we just just hold up the jersey and shut up it probably up and wasn't a train it was a, probably a cargo ship and yeah. they were in a box do you remember that film Madagascar <laughs> they were taken and the hostage. giraffe was stuck in with his neck bent all over the place they are probably a hostage underneath and the sun is blinding them and, they're, and all of a sudden there's a camera where, where are we where, where, where? West Ham West Ham <laughs> Sorry, people of uh, <laughs> Latin persuasion. Yeah, it's, we, we, it's, it's, it's a standard thing every week. We have to offend somebody with, with our accents. But, uh, yes, and uh, so they did. They looked clueless about where they were going. Ah, it was unbelievable. And I don't even think Pardew knew anything about Mascherano. He hardly played him at all. And no. he was an absolute... He, he, he had a serious reputation. And he played... Uh, five games yeah. for West Ham, Mascherano, and in every game they lost. Yeah. So it, it, it probably coincided. That's the reason why he wasn't playing yeah. games because he and probably he, thought and he, and he shifted him out to one side. But yeah. Tevez had the the opposite effect. He had that. Re- he he has that bulldog mentality. So he was able to kind of get stuck into England kind of quite early anyway. So and and he basically saved West Ham. Oh, of course he did. And of course he got the goal in the last game of the season against um, United and probably got them the, probably the, got move. Them the move. Yeah, so uh, sure, go on. Play, play the goal and kept well. West Ham up that year. Here's the old Sky Sports commentary. Well, once the more had won the header from the long ball, they never really got to grips with it, Manchester United. It was kind of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It bubbled around a little bit, but he makes his own luck, Tevez. Just keep your eye on everything around him. Makes his luck there, wins it with his strength, gets a little bit of luck with this coming through to him there. I'm not sure about the goalkeeper. Comes and stops, and in the end gets in no man's land. But isn't this just so Tevez right now? Didn't give it up, kept it alive, kept it going, and then a lovely little finish at the end. A lovely little finish, and I'm going to agree with Andy Gray. I'm not sure about the goalkeeper. No. It was terrible. Absolutely. Now, here's one. Uh, Craig Davis. Craig Davis. Not Craig David. Oh, all right. Sorry. Uh, he actually oh, did play a bit of ball. Did he? Yeah. Who did he play with? I haven't uh, I want to say Southampton because he's from Southampton, but he actually did. Now, in fairness, this guy is full of it, so he could have made up the story, but I have vague. Uh, we'll wait till the ad and I might come back and pretend I know what I'm talking about. He's said George Ray's grandson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how he ended up there. Uh, Craig Davis uh, moved from Oxford United to yep. Verona. 
Yes. So man, many wondered why Davis thought ver, joining Verona would improve his odds of playing for Wales. The real question, surely, is why a club tar- targeting promotion to Syria A did their shopping in the English fourth division. Bought for 85000 and given a five-year contract, Ooh. 20-year-old Davis played one match before returning homesick to join Wolves. And meanwhile, Verona and Oxford were both relegated. Everyone's a winner. Ooh. So, a five-year contract. Yeah. And I'm sure he would have been getting decent wages compared to Oxford. It would have been a serious pay rise, that's for sure. And uh, he got homesick. Now, if I was... Uh, if that was me, I think I would have brought people out to me. Yeah. To make sure it wasn't time. And that club would have made sure of it, yeah. And they would have made sure of it. But See, British players literally only have one thing in their mind, and that's playing a professional football in England. And that's why so many of them struggle. They kind of, oh, it's like being in a foreign country. Like, that's what Ian Rush, word for word, quoted. Said, said yeah, what's it like being in a, out here at events? Well, it's like being in a foreign country. And it's like, yeah, no, no, no sugar, uh, uh, Rushy. Um, they just, and, you know, you've seen them on holidays, like, you know. They, there's no such thing as learning one or two little uh, phrases. It's just shouted in English louder. And there's only been so. I suppose you can count on two hands the successes. And it's it's of lads who are a little bit clever going right. I've, I have to learn the lingo. I have to live the life here. Yeah. I, like at the end of the day, so many foreigners come into this uh, into the English league now. And what do they do? Learn the language, get involved, and get in the mix up because they have to. Yeah, and otherwise they're going to sink. The, I think the 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 English, maybe Irish, Scottish, whatever. Yeah. Like, I think it's their right that they should have to just learn English and that's yeah, it. They don't it. have to no, learn any other language. So apparently Gareth Bale's Spanish is still shocking. Oh, is it? Yeah, apparently it's terrible. Like he That's should, why he's not interviewed nothing. He should move to Man United. Yeah, my word. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Sabala. Alex Sabala. Or Sabella, I should say. Basically, back no, I, didn't, in, I didn't know much about this one until you told me. Yeah, about it basically, morning. Sheffield United were over in Argentina to sign a player who no one really might know of. His name was Diego Armando Maradona for 200,000. 200,000? Yeah, do you think about oh, it? What the way? <laughs> He's going to Sheffield. Uh, not bad. Who's this Diego Maradona lad? <laughs> Sorry, people, Sheffield. We could probably do a Sheffield. <laughs> we have to do Sheffield United getting relegated. <laughs> we could do a Sheffield yeah. show. Um, so, yeah, they went over to get it all done. It was all agreed. And then they got cold feet because maybe they had a little inkling of just what type of a player this Diego Maradona lad was and pulled out. So the guys were over there and they were like, well, we're not leaving without a player. And they ended up signing Alejandro Sabella who was in, I think, the World Cup winning squad at the time. He wasn't kind of... Yeah, he never kind of became... He wasn't the biggest stars in the Argentine squad, but he's still quite big. And for Sheffield United, yeah. he would have been massive anyway. So here's just a little little tiny clip of it. I think it's... I presume he's the chairman just talking about how he ended up with this man. And at one point, they weren't even sure they were even going to get him out of the country because they were kind of going, he's not leaving. It was very much a done thing over there. Like They, oh, they, don't, right. they like to keep their players and who the bloody hell is Sheffield United. But anyway... And what was the reason they didn't get married on it? Uh, they pulled out the dealer, like the, the I think it's Argentina. Just money, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, no, it wasn't even just money. I think they pulled out because they kind of maybe got the impression of just how good he was and said maybe we can get more. But they pulled out. All right, he was just too good. Like it's Maradona for God's sake. Maradona, but Sheffield United. Yeah. Anyway, this is a little uh, small clip about how when Sabella ended up at Sheffield United. Now there was a time when footballers didn't turn more than brain surgeons, and most players were called Smith, Jones, or Higginbottom. And then Alex Sabella joined Sheffield United. It's glory days. <laughs> 
At the start of the soccer season, the fans of Sheffield United had a new star to acclaim. For the supporters, the story had only just begun, but the moves to bring Alex Sabella to Sheffield had started two months earlier in Buenos Aires. It was like an army following me about, are you signing this player, that player? In fact, I'd signed 22 at one game, according to their local paper. The deal was done, but even then, reluctantly, you get to the airport, and the man that's looking at the passports, he doesn't want to let us out because we've got Sabella with us. Seven and a half thousand miles, you don't settle in a day. We usually give uh, Scotch players a few months to settle down in our football. The new season was about to start, and Sabella's first problem was getting through to the men he was about to play alongside. <laughs> Alex is telling you back here, back here, on his language, tacon, tacon. <laughs> Alex, back here, back here, back, back so, here. Uh, back, back. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> nothing. So I can only imagine a Sheffield of all places. Like Sheffield, I'm sure now isn't exactly the most glamorous of English cities, but back in the 70s in the old steel country, I can, uh, yeah, him and the wife, I'd say the wife was like, what? Okay. Unfortunately, our, our, anyone who's listening in can't see the YouTube clip uh, of that. But the, but the clip is of uh, Sabala getting instructions from his interpreter. Yeah about what the manager has obviously said yeah. and every other player staring at him going, like, what the hell? Like he's after coming from yeah, the far space, side yeah. of the universe and going, oh my God, what is this? This is the, probably one of the first touchdowns yeah. of, a, of a, a, a distant farm. Absolutely. Uh, just a quick nod because I want to finish with uh, a story of how Harry Redknapp, Harry Redknapp basically just shifted Ben Gianni out of the club whether he wanted him or not. But uh, we were looking at lists of weird transfers and we kind of have to read a little bit of this because it's just very funny and the last one they had in the countdown was Kyle Laverty basically to anyone <laughs> anyway this is weird why anyone wants him <laughs> and uh, basically it just says he joined Rangers from Burnley after the move had initially broke down left Scotland under a cloud to play for Sion in Switzerland alongside and then under renowned nutcase Gennaro Gattuso <laughs> swapped Sion for Palermo in Serie B where their president Maurizio Zamperini hardly the shy and retiring type himself called him an out of control womanizer and an Irishman without rules and completely off the rails <laughs> <laughs> he ended up at Norwich found himself frozen out popped over to Turkey for Alona Kaikar Rizespar and then returned to Norfolk all while firing Northern Ireland to their first European Championships now, I think this is a bit old because they're saying he's on loan at Birmingham. I'm not 100% sure if he's still there now. I think he might have went back up to Scotland. Yeah, I think I so, think yeah. he might have. All hail the king. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a... Uh, I mean, he's so brilliant for Northern Ireland. Yeah. And yet, obviously, he's... He's obviously got a bit of a screw loose. <laughs> it's just... This this clip, as funny as it is, it's only about a minute long. It's Harry Redknapp uh, selling Benjani to Man City. But it just goes to show you, as Roy Keane has said before, what a piece of meat they are. He's seen the deal, he liked the money, and I was like, yeah, you're gone, so I'm good luck. Yeah, yeah. But it is quite funny, but this is Harry talking about when he sold Ben Gianni. Now, for the first five or six seconds, it's just finishing off a story about Autumn Wingy going to QPR, right. but it kicks into Ben Gianni now in about four or five seconds in. You were involved in the piece of Autumn Wingy one, weren't you, famously, where he's in the yeah, car across the road from the ground. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, that was the only mistake the kid made was coming to the ground, really. He had a travel from West Brom, otherwise he I sold Benjani to Man City, right? He was at Portsmouth, nine and a half million pound, which was quite decent money for him, for Benji. <laughs> so I said, you've got Benji, you've got to go. Man City, want you? I like it here, boss. I love, I'm happy. I went, no, no, you've got to go. 
I said, Manchester's a big club. You'll love it, Manchester. Thanks. No, I don't. don't I, I love it here. I don't want to go. I'm happy. No, you, Benji. Anyway, I shove him out the door. Right? He gets to the seats. He, he gets to the airport. I'll keep ringing. He's, he ain't got on the plane. He don't want to go. He's sitting there. He's let one plane go. Two planes go. Benji, what are you doing? We get him on the last plane. He arrives in Manchester about 10.15. Sven was a manager of Man City. Sven Goran Eriksson. Yeah. Only Sven could have paid nine and a half million pounds. <laughs> right? So he, end, he ends up, we end up, he gets the last plane. They make it by back. I'm sitting waiting for the thing to cut. Oh my God, nine and a half million quid for Benji. You know, it's a result of all I loved him. He was, he was a great lad. He was decent, but nine and a half million pounds. You're listening to Liffy Sound, www.liffysoundfm.ie. Listen online, community radio at its best. And welcome back to the big kickoff on 96.4 FM. On the 27th of May 2017, John Joyce stepped into the ring for the very first time as a professional boxer. It was to be a brief visit as John deposed of his Polish opponent by technical knockout in the first round with some thunderous body shots. Today, John joins us on the big kickoff to talk about his debut, his past, his plans for the future, and everything else. John, welcome to the big kickoff. Thanks very much, Roy. Listen, firstly, uh, because I watched the fight, I didn't get to go to the fight, and uh, funny enough, I won't get to go to the next fight because uh, I'm going holidays. <laughs> right? But, firstly, just to start with your first pro fight, why was it so easy to floor a pro boxer with nine previous fights with just basic body shots? Why do you think that is? I just put it down to training. Um, my manager and my coaches literally put me through absolute hell for nine solid weeks. And the main thing I was working on was body shots because my manager said it to me, he goes, you have a sweet body shot. He goes, work on it. He said... Most of the men that you get in the ring with, it'll take headshots all day, but if you go to the body, they're not going to be able to withstand them. So I went for it and caught merely with a left hook to the body. And, I and you see, do you see that? Do you see that wince? Do you know then straight away that, okay, this is, this is doing damage, I'll stick with this? I, I smashed him with a right hand across the jaw first, and when I seen him, I caught him nice with the right hand. I said, right, I'll have him against the ropes, and I just caught him with the left hook. I could see it in his eyes that he didn't want to know. His whole body kind of just tensed up, and then he hit the deck. Yeah. And I got a new straight away. Keep going to the body, and I'll stop this fella. So, do you think? Do you think he was up for it? Did no, no. He I, didn't I, look the like in, it to me. The in, I had him beaten in the way in. I literally, I didn't say a word to him. I just stared him down the whole time in the way in. And as soon as he looked away from me, I knew straight away I had him. Yeah. And I was like a lunatic in the hallway before they they, they walk out <laughs> the entrance <laughs> to the ring as well. So. Uh, on purpose for him to wind him up a bit kind yeah, of thing was, or was it more I, to get yourself going or it was both, bit of both. I, I was in the hallway beside his dressing room and I let a massive roar just <laughs> as he walked out of the dressing room and I could just see him looking down at me with a, a pure look of fear in his face and I think from then on I was, there was no way in hell he was going to get in then I was going to kill him yeah I wanted <laughs> to kill him <laughs> so uh, and, and Bugo corrected me on, on his on my pronunciation now I could be way off I'm just guessing is it from Pat what? It's a Patrick Yakovac? Yakoviak? Yakoviak? Yeah, that's it. It's a W as a V. As yeah. a V, okay. Yeah. Uh, so did you have a, a, a plan? Like, was there research and, and preparation into his game, or is it more your plan for your strengths? Um, I watched a couple of videos of him 
and he fought another fella I actually can't remember the guy's name that he fought and he was a bit heavier than me and a lot stronger and he had a few problems with him like right so I said to my manager I said you're going to have to watch this video and try to figure this fella out and he just said look I know the way you box he said and I know how strong you are and I know how heavy you hit he said don't worry about that guy you'll, you'll destroy this fella so I just went off what my manager said and then the rest is history as they say <laughs> um, your post-match interview right yeah. <laughs> you said to a question referring uh, basically asking would you would you have liked to bank a few rounds uh, just for reasons of fitness, stamina and learning? You said, why would I need rounds? Rounds are for the bar. I, <laughs> I get plenty of rounds during sparring. Uh, I think you need to work on your post-match interviews. And I'm going to give you a clip here. We have a little clip here of uh, a post-match interview. And uh, maybe this will inspire you to, uh, into a p- better post-match interviews. Have a little listen to this. <laughs> What's going to be the soundtrack for Saturday night for Tony Thompson? Hey, man, I'm going to go home and break my wife's hip. I ain't had sex with her in a while. She's going to feel the pain. And the pleasure. Oh, it's going to be some pleasure mixed in there. But she might be crippled in the morning. So um, if anybody out there want to donate a wheelchair to the Save the Miss Thompsons. All right, she'll be... Listen, well done, congratulations. <laughs> Never seen an interviewer go, yeah, get, get, get rid of this fella. <laughs> so uh, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. To, uh, if I don't have my wife, would absolutely kill you. Yeah, it'd be a save, the, save the Joyce campaign. <laughs> so obviously there's a massive boxing tradition in the family. Yeah. Was it a natural thing for you? Or obviously you came into the boxing game, in the, even in the amateurs, in quite, was it kind of, obviously you loved the game, but... Were you kind of more interested in other things first, or was it? I, um, I always had an interest in boxing from yeah. the time I was younger. I could, do, yeah, you much choice the, really, yeah. No, <laughs> it was everywhere. Really. The old Lucan Boxing Club that was in Lucan Village yeah. was where I started off, and um, it closed down, and that's when I stopped boxing. So I was boxing when I was a kid, hmm. and I stopped for years. And after I joined the army, uh, boxing started to get really big again in the army, hmm. and yeah. that's where I started to pick it up again. And then just from there, then I just got I found love. It's an addiction more so than a love for the sport because once you start doing it, it, it it's the bug. We call it the bug. Yeah. Once you get the bug, you can't get rid of it. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. Then I just it got its hooks in me. Then and I just. But that must mean there's a, a deep love for it though. Still, because yeah, yeah, you, you obviously get great buzz out of it. Yeah, it yeah. is. I, I know it's a sick kind of a sick buzz really when yeah. you think mm. about it. You're getting in the ring to have someone punch it in yeah, the face. Exactly. Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? But it is, it's really enjoyable. And even fitness-wise, people that do it as a box fit class, they seem to love it as well. Because like, yeah. there's no fitness like it in the world. I know yeah. these, the UFC lads talk about their strength conditioning and stuff like that, but... Well, it's still it soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> and it still doesn't compare to boxing. Yeah. Boxing, uh, strength conditioning and training. Like We have to box, be able to box for 12 rounds. Yeah, exactly. Box for, but they don't even have to do much for their 40 rounds. And anyone who... Even messing throws about a ten punch combo. Messing, yeah. Straight away you can feel it immediately. So imagine thirty six round or thirty six minutes, and somebody else is trying to do it to you as well. And as you said, the body shots is almost like chopping down a tree. Yeah, they'll slowly but surely sap every last bit of energy. Out. But so you obviously you said you're obsessed in the whole. So even the camps, you know, some lads you can see it's absolute torture for them. They're all about the fight. You literally everything about it. I, I, I the camps. It can be absolutely grueling, especially mm. when you're going to work the next day as well and you're getting up yeah. and you'd be absolutely shattered going into work. 
but I love it because yeah. I know what I get at the end of it you know what I mean and I get nearly a whole week off just before the fight yeah. you're doing just doing small bits of training just to let your body yeah. recover and you really f- see it and feel the effects then and, and you obviously week. get great support from the army because it's a great boxing tradition in the army yeah. so I presume you want to do this it's doesn't get in your way too much in your camps. No, they they're, they're behind me 100% all the time. Like they back me up big time, and they give me time off where they can, and they help me out where they can as well with training and stuff. Would you even train in the camp sometimes if you have to, or will you, will you get out to the gym every day? I get out to the gym most days, but when I don't, I'll train and work. And yeah. I have a full amazing gym in there as well that I can use as mm. well. Plus boxing ring, and I have lads in there that'll spare me as well when I need to. So that's good. I like to hear that. So you offer absolutely no excuses whatsoever. No, <laughs> no. you cannot lose. No, no. <laughs> and obviously the army. Like what kind of everything you've learned as a kid, train in, in, in the training years and being a cadet and whatever. Like what kind of is it the discipline side of things in the army that really helps you in this kind of in this game or what other attributes from the army do you bring into it? I think a lot of it is to do with motivation. No. Like I developed a serious amount of motivation from being in the army. Like I'm completely self-motivated now from it. And it just it, that has mentally helped me as well as mm. physically helped me as well. But there's a lot of aspects to it that the army, I probably wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't in the army, if you get me. Yeah, yeah. So it helped me along the way a lot. Like So obviously in the army they build character. Yeah, all big time, yeah. Yeah. It completely changes you. Turns into a different person altogether. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there um, sparring? Who, who who would you spar and what way would you spar? And do, do you get certain people in to spar that you would feel that would help you in the next fight? Well, the fella I'm fighting next, I, I, I can't announce it yet because it's not a fully announced. And a big kickoff. I don't think I can't yet. Because it's not completely, it's nothing signed yet. But the fella I'm fighting, hopefully fighting in the next one, the fella that my manager has signed, boxed him before. So I'm sparring him a good bit now to learn off him what he knows about the opponent. So, okay. And as well as that, he beat him as well, Stephen Carroll. So it might give a hint to who I'm fighting. Google, Google, give me five minutes. Boys will be boys. Right, um, when we were younger, like all of us, we, when we get we're in school or whatever, we get into a row. Maybe in your estate, your school. Do you remember any scraps you had when you were younger and, and what they were over? Um, one or two silly ones, and it'd be over girls when you're a hormonal teenager, playboy. Yeah, that would be it. Girls, they they every. And I've you one both of them or any of them. Did you? Yes, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to call out anyone? No. Go on, give us one. No, no, Go on. No. David Clark. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Clarky. <laughs> uh, have Have you uh, ever fought David? Uh, no, I sparred him a couple of times, but never, never fought him. No. Right, and so, and you've said he, he knows better. <laughs> <laughs> he get murdered, would he? Yes. <laughs> even, ga- even gags, Colgan can be. Uh, <laughs> oh, you did, yesterday there was a, a, a fight in the pitch. Brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Gag knocks knocked the head off David Clark. Brilliant. <laughs> um, Clark, you've got about ten minutes. You can get up here and defend yourself. <laughs> Uh, I'm calling boxing boxing heroes. Uh, is there any any fighter that you couldn't stop watching? That any pro fighter that you, you, you sort of maybe gave you that little lift up and said, "God, yeah, I, I, I'd like to be like him," or or I'd like to de- design my 
uh, style, something like him. Is there anyone who, who who really sort of encouraged you in boxing? Canelo Alvarez. Right. Well, well that's simply, oh, if you watch the way I fight, that's how I fight. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I absolutely love him. And he's fighting my other favourite fighter, as we yeah. know, Triple G sound. So, like, I literally am neutral for that fight, but I can't wait for it. But Canelo, Canelo Alvarez, I base my whole style on him, so. Right, okay. So, call that fight, sir. You're neutral, but right. can you call it? If it doesn't go the distance, it's going to be a cool triple G you. knockout. It's yeah. going to be a triple G knockout. If not, it's going to be Alvarez on points. Because this is three weeks after Mayweather McGregor, and that's the talk is the reason why they did it three weeks before is to try and scupper De La Hoya's promotions. Because this fight yeah. is monster. It's, you. it's yeah. a cracking yeah. matchup. You know, it's the biggest fight in the last ten years, I think. Oh yeah, just on your uh, on your army work, uh, you've been away, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I was in uh, Chad in Africa. Right, just just, just out of pure curiosity, like what what's it what was it like out there? What, of course, this all bit would build up uh, your mentality, make you stronger because you're probably seeing things that you you probably don't want to see, or or, or maybe makes you feel a little bit luckier about your your life. Would, would that be correct? Well, you're in a country where like it's it's a tour world country, and it's just. Uh, the whole place is just poverty, poverty stricken. Like so, it is an eye opener, and it's it's I wouldn't say amazing to see, but it's a it's a good thing to see. It does just make you wake up a little bit. Humbles you, like yeah. Is um, there um, is there anything out there that probably upset you? Um, there was a just the poverty thing really got to me, yeah. And it, these the where I was was looking after a refugee camp, and these people had to be pushed out of the country by. Uh, Sudanian rebels, right? And if they stayed in that country, they were going to be slaughtered. So they had to move out. And you can just see they're like little shanty towns that they're living in mud huts. You know yeah. what I mean? And a lot of them I talked to were solicitors, school teachers, and yeah. now they've went from being these upper class people into absolute poverty stricken. Like it's it's it is hard to hard to what, kind of was there any with. confrontations out there? Well, I was over there. It was quiet enough, thank God. Right. So it was still starting to quiet down when I was over there, right. so it wasn't too crazy. Right. So you went in after the scrap? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're going to go to an ad break and we'll come back and we'll have a little bit more from John. Broadcasting to Lucan, this is Liffey Sound. 96.4 FM. Welcome back to the big kickoff on 96.4 FM. Uh, you're listening to us on tune in radio hopefully if not you're listening to the podcast and you can pause and have a cup of tea or uh, whatever you want to do but uh, always tune in again if you want to text in it's 0876271138 John Joyce is with us in the studio John so between work and boxing you've spent probably a lot of time away from home so uh, your wife must she must give you real support and, and to you and, and your and your dreams so Probably a special mention there, is there? Yeah, in fairness, in fairness to Anita, she, uh, she is, she's great. She does back me up 100%. I know there's times where she, I'd, she'd be looking to make plans and I'm like, no, I can't yeah. I have training in the morning. She's like, can we have a lie on today? No, I have training in the morning. Like, she, I know it's frustrating and I know she probably wants to strangle me half of the time, but at the same time, she's great. Like, she is great. I can't, can't deny it. Yeah, well, well, at the end of a few weeks, she knows she's going to get a punch in the face, so she's probably yeah, <laughs> a bit happy to see you <laughs> getting a punch in the face for all the. <laughs> Just one punch in the face yeah, yeah, and yeah, then that's win. Get one punch in the face and then win. <laughs> <laughs> Does she. Um, 
Like it is, it, it does take a lot of time away from from the family and all. But uh, how does she feel watching the fights? Does she enjoy it? Does she uh, cringe? What 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 way is she? Um, <laughs> I was talking to my sister after the fight, and she said, as soon as my entrance music came on and she seen me walking out to the ring. She broke down, started crying, had her hands in her head until the fight was over. Probably shook, as I can imagine. All she was doing was crying, and even when I was in the fight, she kept crying as well. I was battering her. I hope you didn't hear it, did you? No, I didn't. (laughs) Even after I put him down, Anita started crying. Anita just kept crying. And then after the fight, then she got into the ring. I called her into the ring to me, and she started crying again. (laughs) So she literally spent the whole time of my entrance right to the end of the fight crying just as well you finished it in the first round <laughs> know, yeah. and would she have seen any your amateur fights or anything like that uh, she watched she actually watched me first ever amateur fight yeah. believe it or not she, she and would have been as bad for her then or? no it actually wasn't which is strange enough yeah. I remember watching a video a few years ago my nephew uh, recorded it and I remember her looking at him and screaming and cheering him but I think <laughs> the the whole point of the the amateur yeah. and the difference between the amateur and a professional is a, a lot more yeah. overwhelming. Even for myself, it was very overwhelming. Yeah. So. And what inspired you to go pro? Was it was it more your style or? Um, no, uh, obviously me, you fancy it anyway. Me coach, old coach uh, Barry O'Mara, he turned around to me. He always said to me, "He goes, you're so tea tough, whatever that means." And he just kept telling me I was tough, and the program had suited me so much. He said, you're such a heavy hitter, and he said, the program would just really suit you. And he goes, would you be interested in it? And I said, of course I would. And um, he got on to my manager, Tony David, and uh, said to him, like, have a look at this fella and see what you think of him. And I went out to the gym, done a bit, sparred a couple of people, and but the first thing that Tony said to me was, where have you been for the last five or six years? He goes, Brilliant. and I said, hiding in the background. And he goes, don't worry, I'll keep you like that for a while. And he does do that with me, literally hides yeah. me in the background. And then just unleashes me, that's what he keeps saying. So, <laughs> so obviously, short-term goals, obviously, Irish title. Yeah, Irish title, and then hopefully I can move on to European levels. Is yeah. that, are you welterweight? Welterweight, yeah. Okay. One four seven. Yeah. yeah. So, you're calling out McGregor now, are you? No. Well, what's, what's the point? Would you fancy? Would you fancy? I'll tell McGregor? you what, Nicol Adams fancies Conor McGregor. There's a million points. <laughs> yeah, That'd be some serious rounds in the bar. I've, it's very controversial. Like he's not a boxer, right? He's trying to go against the probably, arguably one of the best fighters of all time, and probably one of the best defense fo- defensive defensive fighters yeah. of all yeah. time. He's, As we said, he's yeah. the Jose Mourinho of uh, <laughs> boxing. Yeah. He, he's he's a winner, but he does it in a style that isn't very offensive. Yeah, he doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to yeah. be at all. Like so, I, it's like fair play to him. Absolute genius for the amount of money he's going to make for it, but it's, it's a no-show. Would it, like, obviously, all the boxing purists, uh, we, we talked about Nicola Adams yesterday, said she'd get in the ring and batter him. Uh, <laughs> most of the boxing purists are saying, I'd say 99% of them, yeah. that it's, it's a formality. Yeah. What happened if McGregor knocked him out? Is that yeah. it? That he's all retired. He's finished. His boxing I, over. I wouldn't show me face looking <laughs> for about a year anyway. You've really stuck in like obviously so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody said that about Canelo. Yeah. Said about Maidana. Said it about yeah, Oscar Delahoya. I, was convinced. I thought about if about anyone was going to do it was Canelo. I really did. You know what I mean? The Delahoya one though was controversial, wasn't it? It was. It, close. Close. it was a close fight. I mean, in fairness, all punches landed. Yeah. To punch his throne, like it has to go. The amount the of body landed. shots that Delahoya put in against Mayweather, <laughs> that mightn't have been 
Uh, let's put it this way. If it was Olympic boxing, he probably would have yeah, won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so... Uh, listen, your next fight is on the 9th of September, and it's at the National Who's Stadium. Against? Can't say. <laughs> I thought I might slip it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Celtic Clash 3. Your mic's not working uh, again, sorry. Who are you fighting? <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, your first fight was called off originally, wasn't it? It was the yeah, f- April yeah, or something like yeah, that, wasn't it? Was that supposed to be against the same fella or was it a different fella? No, it was a different fella. It was a fella from Scotland, Darren the Pro, I think his name was. Right, so he ran scared. The second yep. fella got knocked out in the first round, right? So this is Celtic Clash 3. <laughs> again. Who was against? I can't say. <laughs> and uh, the tickets are available now through Ticketmaster, right? Under 15 is 15 euro, then there's 30 and 40 euro. Premium tickets for 60 euro. And VIP 100 euro. Ooh. What the hell do you get for 100 euro? The better be lap dance. I still don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even ask what they were. To be honest, I don't care about the, 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 the prices of the tickets. Yeah. It's just as long as somebody's there facing you. That's it. I'll bug, bug out the money. He'll go for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, he'll, in. He'll, I'm in. He'll tell us uh, who it is. So listen, how, how is your opponent? No, I know you're not going to tell us who it is. Uh, but how is your opponent selected? And but no, like no disrespect, but your first opponent. I had a little look back at his record, right? Uh, he's uh, two wins, seven losses, one draw, uh, five knockouts. Uh, so it's two wins, really. Yeah. Uh, the two wins that he had were against uh, a debutant and uh, an 0 for 18 uh, mm. loss. So that's probably the perfect fight for you. Get yeah. in, get a professional fight, get someone who it has a bit of experience, but uh, obviously not the best fighter. So... He- how do you look at new fighters? Is there a path? Is there a way that you look at, right, this is my first fight, second fight, third fight, I'm going to crank it up, basically? Yeah. Or, uh, how, how, are, how are they selected? That's basically the way it's done. It's start off slow and then they build you and build you and build you. Like the next fella I'm fighting is very experienced. He has 46 fights. So, what's his record exactly? <laughs> I don't know. Stephen Carroll. Right, he's 46 fights. He's fought Stephen Carroll. I don't mind trying to hint out because as long as <laughs> yeah, I don't right. say its name, Stephen Carroll, 46 <laughs> fights. <laughs> By the end of the show, I'm saying it. Uh, um, so, he, so, it is, so, like, even if you have a third fight, say you win, you have, and of course you're going to win, you have a third fight. Is that plan a certain type of boxer that you you'd look for? Is that it? Is it? I don't I don't do the matchmaking. Okay. I don't pick the fighters yeah, at all. Okay. That's all down to my manager. Must communicate with you. Though. All down to my manager. He doesn't even tell, come to me. He tells me who I'm fighting, and, that's and then it. that's it. That's when we start talking. Okay. 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 And is that kind of a natural thing for a boxer, just so you can focus on the job in hand? Yeah. And not give you it. as much crap as possible to get into your head. I, it's I just, don't want to be worrying about opponents. Here's it's, the date. Go train. That's it. Like. Tell me how I have to train for this. Yeah, to be. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Is how I have to beat him, and then I'm happy enough. If once I've something to focus on, because I don't really focus on him, because I don't care about him. Mm. All I care about is going through him, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, your punch. So yeah, you have a good body shot. I'll be yeah. obviously, I've seen that. Um, you can't take it. <laughs> um, but. Uh, have you ever done one of those fairground jokes? Is that one of your punch? <laughs> the punching machines. <laughs> you know, the punch the punch machines. And it gives you a, a, a ray. You get them in the arcades. I did it before I turned pro, actually. Did you? I did it on my stags. broke it. And broke it. <laughs> Chuck Norris. That was before I even started to learn to sit down on punches. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the, the lads I hang around with, Chris yeah, Dunn and yeah, that, yeah. Like, they're all big yeah, lads. I bet you, yeah. you didn't break it. He actually, I don't think he'd do it. Yeah. But, um, Brittle hands. I, I did it and I beat them with my right hand and I absolutely melted my finger out of it. And I thought it broke my right no, finger. Man. I actually thought it broke my index finger on my right hand. So I said, right, I'll do it with my left hand. And I still beat them hitting it with my left hand. So, um, Chris Dunn, as competitive as he is, absolutely broke his heart as well. That like he couldn't beat me and I beat him with my <laughs> bad hand as well. So, <laughs> I 
And obviously the lads, they certainly keep you on the ground anyway with all the stick that you get off them. Oh yeah, constantly. Do you think he'd be very supportive? But no, no support whatsoever. <laughs> as, uh, as JB quoted the other day, Joyce will fall. That's I was like, you're such shocker. a troll. You're such a troll. Every time I put something up, the first thing I get is Joyce will fall. I'm like, oh, Jay, don't stay. <laughs> <laughs> now, just before you ask the next one, because I seen this quote the other day, sitting on punches. Can you explain that to me exactly? Is it just taking a bit off, not going full tilt? What's when you Sit, say sitting on punches like sitting down on punches yeah sitting down on punches that's getting behind your punch it's right getting more power behind your punch it's right. literally dropping your body so that your full body weight is coming behind right. the punch when you're throwing it so and obviously ain't true his face kind of thing and yeah, not you're, just aiming, added, yeah. you're aiming for the behind his head not on oh, his head that's intense I always fancied myself as a boxer I wasn't oh, we all do I was never allowed ready to go here I got I, at the time I, I got braces and my mum would never let you <laughs> not <laughs> never <laughs> Well, I always fancy, I always like it because, uh, you know, if you have a bit of determination yeah. in you, you really want to have a go at yeah. it. But, uh, yeah, cause my Auntie Mary bought me a, uh, a toy, just a crappy plastic one, yeah. and my mum lost it. Uh, did you? Yeah, lost it. Myself and Don used to be on the, we used to push <coughs> single beds together, and that was the ring. And you used to have the BMX bike gloves. <laughs> and we used to be boxing the head off each other. On a, just so oh. you know, John Joyce is still here, but this is me, <laughs> and I said, boxing dreams. <laughs> So anyway, going back what to my could, story. What could have been? <laughs> <laughs> could have been a contender. <laughs> so listen, yeah, you, yeah, obviously you Irish. Uh, you're a late starter. So when did you take up? What age was it when you took up uh, late starter in the in the pros? Obviously, yeah. Uh, what when, when did you take up boxing first? About when I was about twenty five. So it is twenty four. Twenty four. Right. So it's, it's it's late enough. So obviously Irish is first that you go for. Um, who's who's current Irish champion? Um, I think it's vacant at the moment. Okay, I, so I haven't really been looking at it, but I think at the moment the world okay. Cup is vacant. So then there's European and Worlds. Is, is, is that? Could you go there? Europeans, yeah. Worlds, that's a stretch, but we'll stretch. see what happens. Yeah, that's all yeah. I can say. Yeah. Yeah. And how soon? Obviously, you don't want to look ahead, but how soon could potentially Irish titles be coming? Three fights, really? Yeah, happy days. Okay. You oh, I mean, sorry, another two fights and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and you feel that you would be at that level by then? Oh, yeah. yeah. I already feel like I'm at you that level like, yeah, now. Like, yeah, I'm sparring yeah. lads that are the contenders for Irish titles. And okay. I'm, I'm feeling very strong against them, and they even say that I mm. sink shots in. So if they're saying that I'm hurting them, I must be doing something right. So, Who's the best, best boxer of all time? Of all time? All time. Oh, God. Um, oh. Sugar Ray Leonard. Nice. Or Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Yeah. So deep down, would you like McGregor to win? Because otherwise, he's going to beat his record. Then? Um, no, you don't. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, I suppose that your your uh, weight. You've got the the Mayweather's. You had Hatt Hatton, Pacquiao, obviously Sugar Ray, De La Hoya, Cotto, Duran, Amir Khan. So it's some weight division. It's some yeah, division, it is. isn't it? It's unbelievable. It's Marvin, Marvin, and the whole. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so, your plans for the immediate future, as in this week and, and next week, what does the training routine bring to you? I have three weeks left now of training camp before the fight, and I'm just literally going to be doing a lot of sparring and a lot of technical work now for the next three weeks. That's mainly what it's going to be, because my strength condition was done four weeks before mm. my six-week camp even started. So, I'm just running and plenty of technical work now. And when now does and the now. real serious sparring start to slow down before a fight? The week before, I'll have my very last hard spar probably this Saturday 
before the fight. Literally a week before. Yeah. So you're going right up at it till then. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm getting two weeks of very, very intensive sparring now soon. So I'm and sparring every day for the two weeks you're saying? No, it'd be every second day. Yeah. Like it's not plausible, it's not reasonable at all to spar yeah. every day because I'll end up getting injured. So Plus it. you still have to recover for two and days. That's, yeah. and that's, that's it. it. So it'll be every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, sparring. So. Okay. Right, but listen, obviously you listen to the show every week non-stop <laughs> because Sunday's your rest day and you feck all else to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... What we have is we have a little quiz each week. Dave Bugle turns into the brain. All right, he's undefeated. Beat the brain sports quiz. So we'll see how good you are. Never go. This, they're gonna make a show myself. That's the point. I put, <laughs> for me, that's the point. I put, <laughs> I put a couple of uh, uh, boxing uh, questions in this time. So we will see. Oh yeah! Beat the brain. As we said, Dave is the brain. He's transformed there now. We can see the veins bulging <laughs> out of his skull. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. In my defence, a punch drunk. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Everyone makes their excuses. They all, they all get Since flat. <laughs> okay, you are the guest. All right, John. So you have the choice of going first Questions A or second questions B. Up to you. I'll go second. You go second. David. The brain. Which former boxer said, I hated every minute of training, but I said don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. Think I, I'm still here just in case. This is radio, so I suppose I should say something. So I need to think while I talk. How are you training? Frampton says a lot of stuff like that. I'm going to stick with Frampton. He really does moan a lot about training. Uh, screw you. Come uh, on. What is it? Wrong. Ricky Muhammad Ali. Muhammad really? Ali. Get yeah, in there. Shut up. It's, it's obviously one of his least favourite. You don't get a point for that, John, but he doesn't get a point for it. Okay. Damn it. Your question, John. Let's go one nil up. I'm getting nervous now. Which former boxer said, don't count the days... Make the days count. I'm always looking at boxing coach on Facebook all the time They're as awesome. well. Uh, Make the days count. Wasn't Roy Jones Jr., was it? Who wasn't? Dave. American? Always American, all right. Make the days count. Try and think. Like a Bernard Hopkins or something, maybe? It isn't. It's... Muhammad Ali! Oh my God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Least uh, known Muhammad Ali quotes. Is that where you found them? Well done. They are the biggest quotes. They are out like a butterfly. They're they on t shirts and everything. What's wrong with you? Get the t shirt. Yeah, right. Okay. Dave. I'm just. Yeah, go on. Phil Taylor. Darts. Oh. Phil Taylor is into the match play final today. Yeah. But who did he beat in the quarterfinals? Oh, quarters. Oh, well, I remember this because he was an absolute baby. Uh, he bet Michael Van Gerwen. And this is a kind of a farewell tour, and he's just a monster baby. He's going out with little or no class, and he's the best there is. And he's just, he's on a bitter track. Sorry, I'm going to stop ranting. He annoyed me. He just annoyed me that night. John, I have a feeling, I have a feeling here that you're going to crumble on this one. They, they all crumble. They all crumble. Who will Phil Taylor play in the match play final today? Von Barneveld. Unlucky, Ooh, no. Peter Wright. Good guess, though. Snake bite, right? Yeah. The only other one I know. It's better than just sitting there and saying nothing like a lot of them. They all crumble when they crumble. Get yeah, it's, it's they all crumble. Fresh, you think they're great in the ring? <laughs> yeah. Careful now, Dave. Yes, sir. On Friday night, Drogheda United played St. Oh. Pat's. 
Who won? Pat's won. Correct. Yes. Also on Friday night, John Bray played Finn Harps. Who oh, won? Finn Harps. Finn Harps. Correct. Is that tight? I thought I might have got two point. He was there. against the ropes. He's fighting back. Yeah. Okay. He's still swinging. <laughs> Question four. Dave, the British Open golf was on last Ooh. week with Jordan Speed winning the Claret Jug in his third major, in the third major of the year. How many majors has Tiger Woods won? Ah. I'm just going to wallow in this for a minute. Ah. <sighs> 14. 14, jeez. Get it there. I'm going to have to miss it. Go on. Same question for you, uh, John. Jack Nicholas. <laughs> How many has he won? I'm going to actually give you a change that question for I've you. I've given him a hint. Oh. No, I'm I've given him a hint. It's more oh. than that. Oh, well, that, was, that was the question. I was going to change it. <laughs> have a guess. It's more than 14. <laughs> 16. 18. <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish on a boxing question. Unfortunately, Dave answered this question already. <laughs> so I'm, give, I'm swapping the questions over here. Oh. Who, uh, who has the nickname The Real Deal in boxing? Oh, it's just me? Yes, for you. Evander, The Real Deal. Oh, yeah, get in there. Easy what? question. What? <laughs> the Van Gogh of boxing. Uh, and what boxer, uh, great middleweight? Boxer is named Marvelous. Oops. <laughs> Forget it, about it. Forget about it. <laughs> Moyo was still not gone. Was it 4 0, 5 0? Fuck, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Any geeks want to take me on, you know where I am. Here all day. Next guest, make sure you read up on your trivia. Okay, listen, John. Uh, it's been absolutely brilliant having you in. Thanks very uh, much. Totally enjoyable. Can't wait. I can't make it. I'm going. Uh, no, I'm, away. Right. I'm going to ninth. The... Ninth is yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm away. I'll be flying out exactly when you're in the ring. It's hard the next day. I'll Google it here. I get over. Um, I'd love to go and see the fight, but uh, hopefully you make it two for uh, two for zero, two for zero, whatever way you want to call it. Two and out, and uh, you get a chance to just go undefeated, and I can see you in your third fight. Is there a chance? Will will your fights be Irish based until you think about Europeans? Um, yeah, I'd say furthest north. I'd say north of Ireland would be the furthest for now. Anyway, I don't know. See, my, my manager could just come out of the blue and say, "Right, we're coming over to England to fight," yeah. and then there's talks of me fighting in Boston as well. So I don't know. There's there's it's there's a, everything is up in the air at the moment. So there's nothing set in stone. You need an entourage if you're going to Boston. Boston no, uh, yeah. <laughs> need a couple of DJs and <laughs> what's your walk-on music, by the way? Uh, or does it vary? It varies from fight to fight. I haven't got one for this one. But the last one was Nas. Hate me now. So nickname, Soldier Boy. I was no. thinking. No, Soldier. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just crank up the thing there for a sec. Would you not come out to this? No. Yeah, I got a soldier boy, no? Yeah, I'll call it a soldier. I'll say your answer. I'll say the boys would enjoy this. I can just see uh, Jay and uh, Chris looking all. Look, showing off their short, short. short I, I'm going to shut up for a minute. Yeah, idiots. <laughs> have you thought of nicknames? Have you thought of, like, obviously, Marvelous, you can't take Real Deal, you can't take Iron, you can't take. Um, there's been a few thrown at me. The Pale Face Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you that? I'm going to take a stab in the dark here, yeah. One of the lads. No, it was actually my manager. Was <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Pale Face Warrior. Uh, another one was. You just see in, in, in Boston, it's Irish John Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've no nickname, it's Irish John Joyce. 
Um, what was the other one? The other one, the body snatcher, that was Mike McCallum, <laughs> so I'd never take that. Yeah. Um, and the other one was... What was the other one? There's been a few thrown at me, some funny ones as well. <laughs> uh, the assassin actually Barry O'Mara gave me that he said because I move around the, the ring like an assassin he said so well, I'm sure whatever way your, your 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 boxing career develops I'm sure there's going to be uh, so, uh, people uh, on the internet some might yeah, end up christening them with something yeah, that'll something. stick with a bit of luck unless the lads uh, <laughs> come up with something that doesn't portray you in the right light uh, yeah listen John Brilliant having you in, and thanks very much. We wish you all the, the best for the future. Thanks very much. We'll definitely have you on again, and hopefully we'll, we'll be able to talk about the great success in uh, three or four weeks' time. Hopefully. Brilliant. Thanks very Cheers. much, Thanks very much. You are listening to Liffy Sound, www.liffysoundfm.ie. Listen online, community radio at its best. And welcome back to nice the summer big belter. kickoff. Yeah, ninety six point four FM on Liffey Sound. Uh, good interview, Dave. Ah, uh, brilliant to know. And you know, uh, like when we had Kieran, uh, when we had Conor Marston there a few weeks ago, it's, it's when you really get to meet them. Your level of support for them goes up a notch. And we we obviously know Joyce very well enough. Like, and then just to hear him and his determination, and it's, it's just actually very impressive. It's somebody you know. Yeah, it's the dedication that they yeah. put in, isn't it? Seriously so, impressive. Like, uh, and we should have talked about it. I meant to bring it up in yeah. the interview, but we were just talking about the uh, nutrition preparation for nutrition yeah. and stuff like that. Talk. He was t- telling us that he doesn't eat after eight o'clock. Yeah. All oh, my dreams of being a boxer is gone now because yeah. You can't, you can't, like how can you? No. How, how can you watch uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the Wednesday night film on RTE <laughs> without a cup of tea and a biscuit? Yeah, and a biscuit. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. No way. After eight o'clock? No, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> my, I, I'm, I can happily pretend now that I fancy myself but I never would have yeah, no. from field alone um, Spartan story have we got a Spartan story yeah we have a Spartan story and we're going to jump back into the whole transfer thing because of the fact that we never we didn't fit it in but it actually is a great story Gaza ended up going to Spurs and famously he famously he was going to Man United and he was on the motorway up to Man United he agreed everything with Ferguson and he told Fergie, off you go, because I'm just going to build up a little bit, because this is the very shortened version. Yeah. And he said, Sir Alex, well, obviously, it was Mr. Ferguson at the time, wasn't sore. Go off and enjoy your holiday. It's done. And on the way up, he got a phone call from Irving. Is his surname Irving? I can't remember. The, the old Irving Scholar, I think. Yeah. The sports chairman managed to get a hold of him as he's on the motorway. And what do you need, Gaza? You, you, whatever you want, you can have it. It's yours. And uh, he he was guaranteed to go to to Manchester United. Oh, I was done. Told Fergie I'm coming. Him. He was on the motorway on he the way up to he, sign he, under that line. He was at probably just under the height of his of his powers. And yes. this is the reason. He was the next big. Is this thing. the reason why he didn't move? This is what swayed him to 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 turn the car around on the M, whatever it is, and uh, come back to sports. This is classic. Okay. Uh, hold on there now for a second, boy. Uh, we might have a bit of music playing. Oh, do we? Yeah. I do apologise. Uh, now, here we go. Gaza. All right, this is Gaza talking to Ben Shepherd in the morning. I'm going on, on the way M62 to Man United. As I'm going, Bevan Scholarings up in Tottenham. He says, Paul, listen, you know, what do you want, really? Oh, well, I love me, mum and dad, obviously, and we, you know, we had a tough background coming up, and um, I always want to get in the house. All right, we'll give you 120 grand for the house. Ooh. So I'm like, 
for the driver. Slow down a little bit. So I said, Dad, listen. I said, Dad, listen. I said, first, be honest, the offer to get your house for 120 grand. And he went, all right. And then five minutes later, he went, I found the house. It's lovely. So the pressure was on. And I always want to do that for my family. So I'm going a bit further down, and the phone goes to my dad again. I said, what do you want, Dad? He went, Paul, do you know the, uh, the house has got a garage? <coughs> Irvin, listen, uh, my dad's filling the car, it's got a garage, he went, oh, what does he want? He's, oh, dad, the car, he went, I've seen it already, so she must be out. He says, a BMW away with a private reg. All right then, Irvin, he went, okay, you can have the car. And I went, oh, okay, dad, so now the car's Vian from Man United and I'm going towards Spurs, you know. So I'm thinking, all right, Spurs now, and um, the phone goes against my sister. Oh, well, Lindsay, what do you want? She went, well, if my mum's got a house and my dad's got a car, I want a sunbed. <laughs> so the transfer, really, the transfer, it was done on the sunbed. The other funny thing as well, I was in the, I looked up, I was in the bookie six to one to sign for Spurs, right? So I went, Dad, keep it quiet, I'm six to one to sign for Spurs. I'm, Are you signing? Yeah, no problem. And so when I got to the bookies, it was evens. My dad had told everyone in the town. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, good old Gaza, the old, the old ladies, huh? I suppose that's very easy. If you know you're moving, you can get that. You can go down I'd to the say Joey Barton should definitely feel a little bit hurt by it, whether you like him or not. Um, obviously, on, online, it's everything, but uh, you've seen the famous picture of John Terry and Ida Johnson. Do you know why they finish at around one o'clock? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's almost a sickening picture. I've got to show you how much money he's in the game. He had this clear plastic bag and it was a monster wad. Could have been about five grand in cash. And they just sat in the bookies for two or three hours in the afternoon. That's unreal. Him and Oida Gordon. I always remember that picture. It's crazy. Okay, a little bit of skull and crossbones. See how riptide. Back here to the big kickoff here in Liffey Sounds 96.4. We're in the home stretch again, so this is uh, a few little quick tidbits to finish off here in the final countdown before we uh, head off to uh, enjoy the rest of our Sunday. So, uh, very quickly, just to finish off on our transfer team, what do you think might be the most impressive transfer so far? So far, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, or in, in, on paper, could be, do you think? Well, for me, it's going to be Lukaku. Uh, just because he's goal scorer yeah, yeah yeah so if he's a goal scorer and he can and he and he's able to yeah. stick ball it, it changes yeah. manchester you know it's dynamic to be honest i'd instinctively say myself because my own team the salah lad looks like he might have a bit more than just hype i've seen i've seen i've yeah. seen that uh what's the other fella's name he scored again yesterday oh, Solanke, yeah Solanke, two from two, two, from two. And, uh, a good goal now in fairness you, you see the young english lads they always look small and slight this guy's a big blocker and it looks like the physical side of things there's no excuse so yeah. it's just whether he really is good enough decent looping header last night um, but Coutinho again you're looking at it better player really sharp and looked up Salah bang hit the burners were gone over the top dinked it over the keeper nice finish and Salah's first goal was the same uh, lovely one too with Coutinho he found him and you're kind of going right Coutinho could be gone does that take away some of Salah's yeah, power because yeah, yeah. his, his movement is phenomenal his pace is savage I think the problem is, is there's too much talk about yeah. about deals that have been done that haven't been done yeah 
Exactly, exactly. Uh, and did you see that fel- it's Shark Week this week? Shark Week? Um, is it National Geographic or Discovery? Right. This is massive in, in, in America, and obviously. And uh, they did the whole Phelps race to Shark. Oh, I heard about and this, And yeah. they kind of, it's a CGI thing over a 50 metre pool, and the Shark won. And I, I thought that was just, like, quite tight. He only won by two seconds. No way. They, yeah, I, I actually thought he would have been wiped clear. Yeah, well, how it was done or whatever, I don't know. But yeah, they show him in the pool, and then they kind of reenacted what? Right. A kind of a shark would, but I was thinking, geez, unless the shark's very slow on the turn, you know, so, you wouldn't know. So basically, <laughs> the outcome was Michael Phelps, exactly like us, would be eaten by a shark. <laughs> yeah, when all said and done, there is no race. <laughs> is He'll no just race. eat him. <laughs> um, Ian Rush on uh, Miriam O'Connell last night. Did you see any of it? I didn't see it. No, it was the nervous laugh that did it for me. It was just hilarious. Like, God love him near the end. He would have, but it was. I think it was when he was out of his comfort zone. They had Grace Ackby Moses, the, the the Irish girl who won the European on the twenties. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "Just stay there for a second And he was asked, "What do you make of this?" And you could see him kind of go, uh, 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 and then went to stereotypical stuff. Ah, you know, you're at the start of your career, you know. Yeah, and yeah, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. And then at the end, <laughs> and then she said something else, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> it was really like I could see him sweating from here. And then to finish off, Taylor versus Wright tonight. Will Taylor turn back the clock and get? I have a feeling he. Well, it's not that. I have a feeling. Yeah. I just think he will. I yeah. think he's going to intimidate uh, Peter Wright. Peter Wright, it's what he's good at. Has raised his game hugely over the last while, yeah. and he's yeah. up there. With he's one of the big boys as well. Best. He's yeah. one of the big boys now. So but, consistent. But Taylor has that probably intimidation factor, especially after beating uh, Van Gerwen. He and, really went for it. And Adrian Lewis in the last two. Yeah. And this is it's nearly as it's a swan song. Oh, here. it is a swan song. Yeah, this is so, final Blackpool, and Blackpool is their fan. That's their favorite. Beyond the world champions, this is their sec. This is the big one. Be this, this be like the second major, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we went to say. I, I, I can, I can see a, a, a Taylor. A, so the power. Victory. This could be his big, big hurrah because I, I think the, the the world championship would be a bit too much for him. So this could be it for him. So I, yeah, I think I'll go with you on that one as well. Um, we've had a brilliant show, John Joyce. We have to say thanks very yeah, much. All the best to, now in uh, September night. All the best and. Uh, we will finish out with a song. What have we got there? Uh, we're going to go with Deacon Blue. Obviously, there's a big uh, uh, music festival in Punchstown this week, and I was raised and I wasn't there, and it's all 80s classics. Today's lineup is good. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go with a bit of Deacon Blue on there, obviously, their classic dignity. All the best, everyone. Enjoy your and Sunday and the rest of the week. Butts in the back.